wa alihi wa sahbihi wa man ittaba'ahu ila yaumiddin Alhamdulillah Jazakumullah khair for coming into class tonight as we start again with the second night of Ramadan and we're covering the introduction to the tafsir of Ibn Kathir Alhamdulillah So today we start off with the Meccan and Medanin surahs Hammam narrated that Qatada said surahs al-Baqarah Ali Imran al-Nisa al-Ma'ida Bara'a al-Ra'd al-Nahl al-Hajj al-Nur al-Ahzab Muhammad al-Fatih Hujurat al-Rahman al-Hadid al-Mujadila al-Hashar al-Mumtahina al-Saf al-Jumu'a al-Munafiqun al-Taghabun and al-Talaq Ya ayyuhan nabiyu lima tuharrimu O Prophet, why do you forbid yourself to ayah number 10 and also إِذَا زُلْزِلَتْ When the earth shakes and إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ When there comes the help of Allah to you, Muhammad against your enemies. All these ayat in the Qur'an or surah in the Qur'an were revealed in Al-Madinah the rest were revealed in Mecca. What's upon a student to do then, at this particular stage, is to memorize those particular ayat, or rather those particular surah, so that he can familiarize himself with the Meccan surahs and the Medani surahs. Okay. As for the, the number of the Quranic ayat, as for the count of ayat of the glorious Quran, these are at, at least 6,000. There is a difference of opinion over this count. Some said the number is 6,000, while some added 204 ayat, and some added 14. Also, some added 219, while some others added 225 or 26. Furthermore, Others added 236, as Abu Amr Raddani said in his book, Al-Bayan. What we say here, again, in this particular point, is for a person to understand, we say 6,000 plus, by all accounts. Then after that, we all have doubts. Then after that, we all have doubts. What we mean by this is that after 6,000, then there's so many different opinions that we don't establish any of them. Okay, 6,000 plus by all accounts, and after that, we all have doubts. Same thing like we made a poem for each one of these points. Well, alhamdulillah, in order for us to become more familiar 
with the Quran and what makes up the Quran. The Adhan. رضيت بالله ربا وبالإسلام دينا وبمحمد النبي. The number of words and letters of the Quran. As for the number of the words and the letters of the Quran of the glorious Quran, Al Fadl ibn Shaddan said that Ata ibn Yasar said there are seventy-seven thousand four hundred and thirty-nine words. As for the number of the letters of the, of the Qur'an, Abdullah ibn Kathir said that Mujahid said, this is our count of the letters in the Qur'an, 321,180 letters. Further, Al-Fadl said that Atab bin Yasar said that the Qur'an has 323,015 letters. In addition, Salam Abu Muhammad Al-Hammani He said Al-Hajjaj gathered the readers of the Qur'an Those who memorized it and the scribes And he asked them, tell me about the entire Qur'an How many letters does it consist of? They said we counted 340,740 letters Now some might say, okay, what's the benefit of this, this type of knowledge? This is 
to get someone close to being intimate with the Quran and to understand all things about it. So you want to know how many numbers are, these are just facts about the Quran so that we can become more familiar with it. Now, Hajjaj ibn Yusuf, this person being mentioned here, was a famous uh, uh, general who was very cruel. So there was one thing about him, it was a very cruel, he's, he bombed the Kaaba and he killed a number of Sahaba. So he's more famous for those things, but he's also famous for the work that he did with the Quran. <clears throat> and he's the one that moved the, 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 the Kaaba to the present position that it is today, from where it was. Al-Hajjaj then said, tell me where the middle of the Quran is. They found that the middle is at Allah's statement, and let him be latif, you know, gentle, subtle, or careful, in Surah Al-Kahf. While the third is at the hundredth ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah, the second third ends at the hundredth or the hundredth and first ayah, first ayah of Surah Al-Shu'ara, and the last third ends at the end of the Qur'an. So they broke it down into threes because you can read the Qur'an in three days. The seventh, breaking the Qur'an into seven parts, ends at the end of Allah's statement, And some of them who believed in him, meaning the Prophet and of them some others who averted their faces, they turned away. The second seventh ends at the last letter of his statement in Surah Al-A'raf. Habitat, then all will be lost. The third seventh ends at the last statement in Surah Al-Raq. its provisions. The fourth at the end of his statement in Surah Al-Hajj. <coughs> We have appointed religious ceremonies. The fifth, seventh ends at Allah's statement in Surah Al-Ahzab. And it is not fitting that a believing man or a believing woman. The sixth, seventh ends at, the, at Allah's statement in Surah Al-Fatih. Those who are thinking evil or bad thoughts about Allah. And the last seventh ends at the end of the Quran. And this is very important for those people who want to follow the sunnah of reading the Quran and finishing it in every week. So you know where to start and where to finish in that regard. Salam ibn Muhammad said, then said, we learned these facts in four months. Some people said that Al-Hajjaj used to read one-fourth of the Qur'an each night. We should mention that the first fourth ends at the end of Surah Al-An'am, the second at Waliyat al in Surah Al-Kahf, the third at the end of Zumar, and the last fourth at the end of the Qur'an. Sheikh Abu Amr al-Dani said in his book, Al-Bayan, 
that there is a difference of opinion over all of these statements, so Allah knows best. The juz or chapters of the Qur'an. As for the chapters of the Qur'an, there are 30 well-known juz, which are used in the various schools and so forth. We mentioned the hadith of, that the Prophet's companions, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, anhum, used to divide the Qur'an by juz, not by surahs. This hadith is recorded in the Musnad of Imam Ahmed, the Sunan of Abi Dawood, and by Ibn Majah, that Aus Ibn Hudayfa said, that he asked the companions of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, during his lifetime, about how they used to divide the Qur'an. They said a third, a fifth, a seventh, a ninth, one eleventh, one thirteenth, and then the Mufassil until the end. So that's how they divided it. Not by the surahs, but by the juz. The meaning of the word surah. So again, the benefit for knowing how to divide the Qur'an is also to help you understand how you should read it. Okay? So when they were reading the Qur'an in three days, they had that. When they wanted to read the Qur'an in four days. When they wanted to read the Qur'an in seven days. In 10 days, in 30 days, they would have that. The meaning of the word surah. There is a difference of opinion about the meaning of the word surah, chapter, and what it is derived from, meaning what is the original word that we took this from. Again, all these points are important to us. As we say, we want to memorize the Quran. These are the things that you memorize it from it, okay? The things that you would know. We want to understand the Qur'an. Well, first we have to understand the names of the surahs. Not even the names of the surahs. The, the ayat, the number of the ayat, the what do we call a half, what do we call a his, what do we call a juz. What is a surah? So that we can have it in our minds. And so it was said that the word surah means height or elevation. A nabigha, a renowned poet in the time before Islam, said when he was praising a king, do you realize that Allah has given you such a surah that every other king remains far below it? Implying that he was given such a height, a high rank. Furthermore, surah implies that the reader is moving from one stage to another. It was also said that the surah means height, just like walls around that surround cities heights around the cities, walls. It was said that the surah was called as such because it was it is a part of the Quran as compared to the word asar, which is in reference to whatever remains in the pot. So whatever remains in the pot is called asar, right? I mean, it's some, some of the same root word, asura. It says that's not what's meant here. What could be meant here is walls around, Okay? So walls around the surahs that they surround, the words, the ayat that they surround. Therefore, in this case, the, or, the origin of the word, the word was altered so that the word now reads surah. It was also said that surah was, all, was called such because it is complete and perfect, as the Arabs used to call the perfect cattle a surah. I say that the word surah means collecting or surrounding parts. Or the ayat, in this case, just as the wall that surrounds the city, surrounds its homes and buildings, 
the plural of the word surah is suwar and suwarat and surat so at the end of it we find that the word surah means walls around the ayat okay this gather together so this is what the word sorta is it means the walls around the eye that they gather together and distinguish it's like the walls of a city surround that city and distinguish that city and Allah knows best the meaning of the word ayah the ayah is a sign or a pause that separates the speech before and after, meaning that the ayah is separate from its preceding and following sentence. Allah said, The sign of his kingdom, of his dominion. It was also said that it was called ayah, meaning a wonder. Okay, something amazing. Because mankind is unable to produce something like it. It's plural or ayah. Or I, or ayat, and ayay. So we say that ayah. In fact, the word ayah has has been Englishized. So we say ayah, but in English they say iota. There's not one iota, right? They might say iota, like that, but it's pronounced iota. Right? There's no one iota, and it means the smallest thing. Sign of something. And this is what an ayah is. The smallest sign or a sign of something. All the things Allah said, these are ayat. And there's an old famous po uh, poem that says, so-and-so's whole house was burnt. There's not even one ayah left. Right? This whole house was burnt down. There's not even one ayah, one iota, one sign of its presence there before. And Allah knows best. The meaning of the word kalima. As for the word kalima, it means one word, which could consist of two letters, such as the word ma or la. The kalima might also contain more than ten letters, such as in the Quran it says, لَيَسْتَخْلِفَنَّهُمْ وَأَنُلْزِمُكُمُّهَا Right? All these words put together, are, all these, these, these long words, are the longest words in the Qur'an. Also, a kalima might consist of an entire ayah, like the word wal-fajr, in these cases, in English, we might consider that three words. Okay? Wa, al, and the word fajr. But in Arabic, it's one word. Wal fajr. Because that's whatever can be has to be said together. It's considered one word. For the scholars of Kufa, and we have two places in Iraq, Kufa and Basra, where the scholars of the language 
made the final say about a thing. And the only difference was Kufa might contradict with Basra. So the scholars of Kufa said that each of the Alif, Lam, Mim, Ta, Ha, Otaha, Yasin, Hamim is a kalima. In addition, Abu Amr Adani said, I know of only one ayah that is one word, and that is Allah's statement, Mudahamatan, the one word in Surah Rahman. Next point. Does the Quran contain, contain non-Arabic words? This has been a, a humongous conversation uh, throughout the studies of the Quran. Ibn Kathir, he says, Al-Qurtubi, the famous scholar from Spain, said, there is a consensus that the Quran does not contain any non-Arabic expressions. The scholars also agree that there are some non-Arabic names in the Qur'an, such as Ibrahim, Nuh, and Lut, just to give a few. They disagree over whether there is anything in it that is not exclusively, exclusively not Arabic. Whereas Al-Baqilani and Al-Tabari reject this notion, saying what the Qur'an contains of non-Arabic terms is shared between various languages, which means that there are words in the Quran that are not what we consider pure Arabic, pure Arabic origin. These words were used by the Arabs so much so they were accepted as part of Arab speech okay does that make sense everybody Just like we have in the English language, the word taboo. Taboo is Swahili. It's from the word toba. Or taba. And it means something you have to make toba from. Okay, taboo means something that you have to make toba from. So we say, hey, that's a taboo. That's something you should not do, right? Why? Because it's something you have to make tawbah from. And the word taboo now becomes an English word. Even though it's Swahili, its usage has become Englishized. And so no one would look at taboo as a foreign word in the English language. What I've covered is enough to give an introduction to the Quran so that we don't just pick up the Quran and start reading we pick up the Quran the Mus'haf and we start to look at it and see what is it that we can recognize and become more familiar with this book so that we can become more intimate with it 
سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك بسم الله والحمد لله وصلى الله وسلم على رسول الله واله وصحبه ومن اتقى الحمد لله we are the first surah of the Quran in a tafsir of Ibn Kathir Surah Al-Fatiha chapter 1 Surah Al-Fatiha was revealed in Mecca the meaning of Al-Fatiha is this it is the surah this surah is called Al-Fatiha that is the opener of the book the surah which with which prayers are begun it is also called Umul Kitab the mother of the book according to the majority of the scholars it is called the mother of the book in an authentic hadith recorded by At-Tirmidhi who graded it sahih Abu Hurairah said that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin ummul quran wa ummul kitab wa sab'ul mathani wal quranul azim alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin is the mother of the quran the mother of the book the seven of repeated ayat of the glorious quran it is also called suratul hamd and as-salah this is because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that his lord said qasamtu salata bayni wa bayna abdi nisfain فإذا قال العبد الحمد لله رب العالمين قال الله حمدني رب عبدي حمدني رب سبحان حمدني عبدي the prayer meaning al-fatiha is divided into two halves between me and my servants when the servant says all praise belongs to Allah the Lord of everything Allah says my servant has praised me so because the word al-fatiha wasn't used here but the word as-salah was used in reference to al-fatiha the surah is called as-salah al-fatiha was called the salah because reciting it is a condition for the correctness of salah al-fatiha was also called as-shifa the cure it is also called ar-ruqya the remedy since in the sahih the sahih hadith there is the narration of abu sa'id telling the story of the companion who used al-fatiha as a remedy for the tribal chief who was poisoned later the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to that particular companion wama yudrika annaha ruqya how did you know that it was a ruqya a remedy Al-Fatiha was revealed in Mecca as Ibn Abbas, Qatada, and Abu Al-Aliya all have stated. Allah said, وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَاكَ سَبَعًا مِّنَ الْمَثَانِ And indeed we have bestowed upon you the seven mathani, oft-repeated ayat. And this is in reference to Surah Al-Fatiha and Allah knows best. How many ayat the Surah Al-Fatiha contain? There is no disagreement over the view that Al-Fatiha contains seven ayat. 
according to the majority of the reciters from Kufa, a group of the companions, the Tabi'een, and a number of scholars from the successive generation, generation after generation. The Basmalah is a separate ayah in its beginning. We will mention this subject again, inshallah ta'ala, and in him we trust. So there's no disagreement about Surah Al-Fatiha containing seven ayat. The disagreement comes in where and which ayat are those seven ayat. The number of words and letters in Al-Fatiha. The scholars say that Al-Fatiha consists of 25 words and that it contains 113 letters. The reason why it is called Ummul Kitab. In the beginning of the book of Tafsir, in his Sahih, Al-Bukhari states, it is called Ummul Kitab because the Quran starts with it and because the prayer is started by reciting it, meaning the Salah is started by reciting Surah Al-Fatiha. It was also said that it is called Ummul Kitab because it contains the meanings of the entire Quran. Ibn Jarir said, the Arabs call every comprehensive matter that contains several specific areas an um. For instance, they call the skin that surrounds the brain umrats. They call the flag that gathers the ranks of the army together an um. He also said Mecca was called Ummul Qura, the mother of all villages, because it is the grandest and the leader of all villages. It was also said that the earth was made starting from Mecca, so Ummul Qura. Furthermore, Imam Ahmed recorded that Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu narrated that Ummul Quran, about the Ummul Quran, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Hiya Ummul Qur'ani wa hiya sab'ul mathani wa hiya al-Qur'anul azim. It is the Ummul Quran, the seven oft-repeated ayat, and the glorious Quran. Also, Abu Ja'far, Muhammad ibn Jarir al-Tabari, recorded Abu Huraira as saying that the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said about al-Fatiha, Hiya umul Qur'an wa hiya fatihatul kitabi wa hiya sab'ul mathani. It is the umul Qur'an, the fatiha of the book, the opener of the Qur'an, and the seven oft-repeated ayat. The virtues of al-Fatiha. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal recorded in the Musnad that Abu Sa'id ibn Mu'alla, he said, I was praying when the Prophet ﷺ called me, so I did not answer him until I had finished the Salah. I then went to him and he said, what prevented you from coming? I said, Ya Rasulullah, I was offering Salah. He said, didn't Allah say, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu stajibu lillahi wa lirrasooli idha da'akum lima yuhyikum Oh you who believe, respond to Allah by obeying him and to his messenger when he calls on you, to, he calls you to that which gives you life. It's important to note that he was not offering a fard salah, he was offering a sunan salah. So it's wajib to respond to the Prophet and it's sunnah to pray the sunnah salah.
He then said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, لأعلمنك أعظم سورة في القرآن قبل أن تخرج من المسجد. I will teach you the greatest surah in the Quran before you leave the masjid. He held my hand and when he was about to leave the masjid, I said, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, you said I will teach you the greatest surah in the Quran. He said, Yes. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameena. Naam, hiya sabaul mathani wal Quran al Azim al Ladi Utitu. Yes, it is the seven of repeated ayat and the glorious Quran that I have been given. So it is the greatest surah in the Quran. Al Bukhari, Abu Dawood, Al Nasai, and Ibn Majah have all recorded this hadith. Also, Imam Ahmad recorded that Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went out while Ubay ibn Ka'ab was offering salah and said, Ya Ubay. But Ubay did not answer him. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ya Ubay. Ubay prayed faster than went to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying, Assalamu alaykum ya Rasulullah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَعَلَيْكُمُ السَّلَامِ يَا أُبَيْ What prevented you from answering me when I called you? So Ubay said, O Messenger of Allah, I was offering salah. He said, the Prophet ﷺ responded and said, Did you not read among the what Allah has sent down to me? اِسْتَجِيبُ لِلَّهِ وَلِلْرَسُولِ إِذَا دَعَاكُمْ لِمَا يُحْيِيكُمْ Respond to Allah by obeying him and his messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he calls you to that which gives you life He said yes, O messenger of Allah. I will not do that again the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Atuhibbu an u'allimaka suratan lam tanzil لا في التوراة ولا في الإنجيل ولا في الزبور ولا في الفرقان مثلها مثلها. He said, Would you love it? Would you like me to teach you a surah, the likes of which not, has not been revealed in the Torah, nor has anything like this been revealed in the Injil, nor has anything like this been revealed in the Psalms and of Zabur, and nor has anything like this been revealed in the Furqan, meaning the Quran itself. He said, this is Ubay. Ubay said, yes, O Messenger of Allah. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, I hope that I will not leave through this door until you have learned it. He, Ka'ab said, Ubay ibn Ka'ab said, the Messenger of Allah held my hand while speaking to me. Meanwhile, he I was slow, slow, I was slowing down fearing that he might reach the door before he finished his conversation. When we came close to the door, I said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, what is the surah that you have promised to teach me? The Prophet ﷺ replied, What do you read in the salah? Ubay said, So I recited Umul Qur'an to him. He ﷺ said, وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي 
بيده ما انزل الله في التوراه ولا في الانجيل ولا في الزبور ولا في الفرقان مثلها انها السبع المثاني he said by him in whose hand is my soul allah has never revealed in the torah the injil the zabur or the furqan a surah like it it is the seven oft repeated ayat that i have been given also at-tirmidhi recorded this hadith and in his narration the prophet said إنها من السبع المثان والقرآن العظيم الذي أعطيته. He said it is the seven oft-repeated ayat and the glorious Quran that I have been given. At-Tirmidhi then commented that this hadith is Hasanul Sahih, meaning it is good and it is authentic. There is a similar narration on this subject narrated by Anas ibn Malik. Further. Abdullah, the son of Imam Ahmed, recorded this hadith from Abu Huraira from Ubay ibn Ka'b, and he mentioned a longer but similar wording for the above hadith. In addition, At-Tirmidhi and An-Nasa'i recorded this hadith from Abu Huraira from Ubay ibn Ka'b, who said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, ما أنزل الله في التوراة ولا في الإنجيل مثل أم مثل أم القرآن وهي سبع المثاني وهي المقسومة بيني وبين عبدي مصفين. Allah has never revealed in the Torah or the Injil anything similar to Um Al-Quran. It is the seven oft-repeated ayat and it is divided into two halves between Allah and His servant. This is the wording reported by Al-Nasai Al-Tirmidhi and this is the hadith, this hadith is Hassanun Gharib. It is good but strange, rare. Also, Imam Ahmad recorded that Ibn Jariyah said, I went to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam after he had poured water for At-Tahara and said, Peace be upon you, O Messenger of Allah. Assalamu Alaikum Ya Rasulullah. But he did not answer me. So I said it again. Assalamu alaikum ya Rasulullah. Again, he did not answer me. So I said, Assalamu alaikum ya Rasulullah. Still, he did not answer me. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu went while I was following him until he arrived at his residence. I went to the masjid and sat there sad and depressed. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu came out and after he performed his wudu purification and said assalamu alaikum may peace in allah's mercy be upon you peace in allah's mercy be upon you peace in allah's mercy be upon you wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah he then said oh abdullah bin jabr should i inform you of the best surah in the quran i said yes O messenger of allah he said read Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen until you finish it. This hadith has a good chain of narrators. Some of the scholars relied on this hadith as evidence that some ayat and surah have more virtues than others. Furthermore, in the chapter about the virtues of the Quran, Al-Bukhari recorded that Abu Sa'id al-Khudri 
said, once we were on a journey when a female servant came and said, the leader of this area has been poisoned and our people are away. Is there a healer amongst you? That a man whose healing expertise did not interest us stood up for her. He read a rukya for him. He read a rukya for the sick man and he was healed. The chief gave him 30 sheep as a gift and some milk. Then when he came back to us, we said to him, You know of a new rukya? Or did you do this before? He said, I only used Umul Kitab as Rukya. We said, do not do anything further until we ask the Messenger of Allah. Meaning, don't eat the, the sheep. Don't do anything with what you've gotten from this. Wa alaikum salam When we went back to al Madina, we mentioned what happened to the Prophet what happened to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Prophet said وَمَا كَانَ يُدْرِيهِ أَنَّهَا رُقْيَةٌ اِقْسِمُوا وَضْرِبُوا لِيسْ بِسَحْمٍ He said, who told him that, there was a, that this was a ruqya? I mean, who had told him that? Who informed him? Divide the sheep and reserve a share for myself. And in this we see the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he adds himself, some of us think that this is because to make them feel comfortable with what they had done. And Allah knows best. Also, a Muslim recorded in his Sahih, he recorded this hadith in his Sahih, and then Nasa'i in his Sunan, that Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu said, while Jibreel was with the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he heard a noise from above. Jibreel lifted his sight to the sky and said, This is a door in Jannah being opened, and it has never been opened before now. An angel descended from that door and came to the Prophet ﷺ and said, Receive the glad tidings of two lights that you have been given, which no other prophet before you was given. The opening of the book and the last three ayat of Surah Al-Baqarah. You will not read a letter of them, but will gain its benefit. This is the wording collected by An-Nasai and Muslim recorded similar wording. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. The Fatiha and the Salah. Muslim recorded that Abu Huraira said that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Man salla salatan lam yaqra fiha umma al-Qur'ani fahiya khidajun fahiya khidajun fahiya khidajun ghayru tamam Whoever performs any salah in which he did not read umma al-Qur'an then his prayer is incomplete then his prayer is incomplete then his prayer is incomplete he said it three times. Abu Huraira was asked, when we stand be behind the Imam, he said, read it to yourself, for I heard the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, say, qala Allahu azza wa jal, qasamtu salata bayni wa bayna abdi nusfain, wa li abdi ma sa'al, fa idha qala alhamdulillahi rabbil alameenah, قال الله حمدني عبدي وإذا قال الرحمن الرحيم قال الله أثنى علي عبدي 
meaning Al-Fatiha, into two halves between myself and my servant. And my servant will have whatever he asks for. So when he says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Allah says, my servant has praised me. When the servant says, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Allah says, my servant has glorified me. When he says, Maliki Yawmiddin, Allah says, my servant has glorified me or my servant has related all matters to me. Then when he says, You alone we worship and you alone we ask for help. Allah says, this is between me and my servant and my servant shall acquire whatever he sought. So when he says, Guide us to the straight path. The path that is straight and will straighten you out. The way of those on whom you have granted your grace, not the way of those who earned your anger, nor of those who went astray. Allah said, this is for my servant. And my servant shall ask what he have what he asked for. These are the words of An-Nasai. While both Muslim and An-Nasai collected the following wording, a half of it is for me and a half for my servant, and my servant shall acquire what he asked for. Explaining this hadith, the last hadith used the word salah, meaning prayer, in reference to reciting the Qur'an, Al-Fatiha, in this particular case. Just as Allah said in another ayah, وَلَا تَجْهَرُ بِصَلَاتِكَ وَلَا تُخَافِتْ بِهَا بَيْنَ ذَلِكَ And offer your salah, neither aloud nor in a low voice, but follow away in between. Meaning, with your recitation of the Qur'an as the Sahih related from Ibn Abbas. Also, in the last hadith, Allah said, I have divided the prayer, the salah, between myself and my servant into two halves. A half for me and a half for my servant. My servant shall have what he asked for. Allah next explained the division that involves reciting the Fatiha, demonstrating the importance of reciting the Qur'an during the salah which is one of the prayers, the, 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 one of the prayer's greatest pillars. Hence, the word salah was used here, although only a part of it was actually being referred to. That is, reciting the Qur'an is only one part of the salah. But the salah is called, I mean, the, the surah is called as-salah. Similarly, the word recite was used where prayer is meant, as demonstrated in Allah's statement, 
وقرآن الفجر إن قرآن الفجر كان مشهودا and recite the Quran in the early dawn verily the recitation of the Quran in the early dawn is always witnessed this is in reference to the Fajr Salah the two Sahihs recorded that the angels of the night and the angels of the day both groups attend the Salat al-Fajr with the humans reciting al-Fatiha is required in every raka'ah of the Salah all of these facts testify to the requirement that reciting al-Fatiha in the Salah is wajib and there is a consensus ijma between the scholars on this ruling the hadith we, that we mentioned also testifies to this fact for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said man salla salatan lam yaqra' fiha bi ummil qur'ani fahiya khidaj whoever performs any salah in which he did not recite the ummul qur'an then his prayer is incomplete and he mentioned it three times also the two sahihs recorded that Ubad ibn Samit said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said لا صلاة لمن لم يقرأ بفاتحة الكتاب There is no salah for whoever does not recite the opening of the book Also, the sahihs of Ibn Khuzayma and Ibn Hibban both recorded that Abu Hurairah رضي الله تعالى عنه said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said لا تجزئ الصلاة لا يقرأ فيها بأم القرآن The salah during which the Umul Qur'an is not recited is invalid and there are many other hadith on this subject therefore reciting the opening of the book during the Salah by the Imam and those praying behind him is required in every Salah and in every Raka'ah up to this point we will have to stop and we're stopping at the Isti'adha of the Quran, I'm sorry, of the recitation. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik, ashadu wa la ilaha illa ant, astaghfiruku wa tubu laik. I hope what we have mentioned is enough to inspire you to read the Quran and make you understand something more about Surah Al Fatiha.